On today's Locked On Royals Padres crossover, what is the new realm of baseball going to look like with these new rule changes? We're going to draft our favorite plays that happen in a baseball game and compare and contrast what it's like to be watching the Royals versus the Padres and the pressure involved in both of those instances. All that and more coming up on today's Locked On Royals Padres podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are Locked On Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Royals Padres podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Joined by host of Locked On Padres, Javier Reyes. You can follow him on Twitter at Javapeno. We're going to talk about the rule changes for baseball, talk about our favorite plays that happen in the course of a baseball game, and discuss where these two teams are at in their current state. So a lot to dive into, but Javier, how are you doing today? I am doing lovely. I am doing, some would say phenomenal. Um, And I would also say exemplary, Uh, you know, uh, things have been going well. I think you had the old Thanksgiving that just, that just occurred. We unfortunately did not get to do our Thanksgiving draft, but that is okay because we found a way to do another draft. And as always, just in general, I'm always happy to talk to you, Ryland, about all things baseball. Despite our two teams not necessarily having the most in common with one another, aside from the former first baseman of both of our teams, the Wizard of Haas, Eric Hosmer. But other than that, it's just always fun talking to you, man, because I feel like we we uh, the sport in a slightly uh, not not too dissimilar way. I think uh, our opinions on the general state of baseball are, are pretty alike. So as always, man, super happy to be here. Well, it was actually a decision by me to not do the Thanksgiving draft because I just could not stand another year of you drafting corn squash or whatever you drafted uh, last year. But we'll have this draft today. We'll have another draft as we get closer to Christmas as a little teaser for what that could be. Uh, be thinking about what you think we're going to be drafting for Christmas. Javi, we have a lot to get into today. I want to first start by talking about the rule changes. Mm-hmm. How different do you think baseball will look next year with all these new rules? So there's a bunch. One, we've got, I believe the shift is getting axed, if I'm not mistaken. So that's one thing that we can't forget about because for a long time, the shift has been a, a constant in baseball discourse right like whether you're for it against it i'm not really gonna go too deep into my personal opinions about it you surely can but that's gonna affect a whole lot of players i mean your juan sotos for the padres right like for padres fans that will change things the amount of hot shot ground balls past the first baseman that would be hits regularly uh if not for the shift maybe that you see a big change there there's going to be changes all over the place, if we're being honest, for any amount of hitters. So we might see an increase in offense potentially next year, which is, I think, pretty exciting. Uh, it's certainly exciting for a lot of players maybe entering free agents uh, after next year. But the other thing is the pitch clock. 
I mean, that is the number one thing we have about it because not to be a bit, you know, hyperbolic, not to be a Emmanuel Acho, you know what I mean? Not to be a Skip Bayless type right now, but that it, it's probably the most significant change that we're going to see come to baseball. And I don't know, basically ever since they first added replay, and I know the first edition, rendition of replay wasn't overall super impactful because it was just based on the determining what was a home run and what wasn't, but just in general, like one of the biggest steps baseball has taken. And I don't know about you, but I'm super all for it because I like it when things go just a tad faster because there's a lot for a young lad like myself to pay attention to, whether it be on the phone, whether it be whatever the latest thing the CEO of the bird app is doing, whether it be my personal life, whether it be just the shows I watch, there's a lot to do. And sometimes I don't want to sit there for four hours watching, you know, a pitcher have to, you know, touch his back. And then, you know, the batter has to adjust his gloves and go up and down and side to side. He's got to go by Nathan's hot dogs real quick before you throw another pitch. I'm all for that. Even if I don't think that that's the biggest problem with baseball, I actually think the length of the season than the length of the games, but nonetheless, it could be pretty huge. What about you? So I think that the pitch timer is the most interesting because it'll be a mixed bag. I think mm. watching it happen in AAA for, I mean, I want to say like half a decade now it's been in AAA. I think that the pitchers that are young and came from, from the minor leagues more recently, they're already used to it. It won't really bother them at all uh, that, that this is happening for, of course, the old pitchers that have not experienced minor league baseball in a long, long, long time. They will, I think complain about it heavily in April and eventually just get used to it as they did with uh, sticky stuff versus non-sticky stuff um, that, that happened in the middle of that season a couple of years ago. My biggest thing is the shift. Uh, I, I think that my hope is banning the shift creates more parity of hits and more ability for teams to score besides home runs. Um, home runs, I think, are fine and they're fun sometimes, but whenever you're literally just sitting there, watching a game and you know, okay, he's either going to strike out a home run. And that's the case for every single batter. And so every matchup you're just looking at, okay, will he strike out this time? Will he hit a home run? It gets boring really fast, especially whenever you're watching a terrible team. Like there's no excitement there anymore. It's just, it's just not. So whenever you ban the shift and you hopefully get to see more singles, right? Or see more doubles, whatever the case is. And then it just, I think leads to more offense and leads to, um, more excitement overall because the, the exciting plays can be more than just home runs. It can be a guy scoring first to third because he was able to, someone was able to hit the ball into the gap or whatever the case is. So I'm kind of excited for the shift being banned. I'm excited to see who does complain about the pitch timer, who does kind of just get over it and move on and, and, and not have it hang over their head. And then also excited to see if it even matters, the pitch timer. Like I think that the pitch timer will, largely go unnoticed. Like I went to opening day in AAA whenever it was first implemented and we all were watching the clock and we we're all watching uh, the, the timer, but it never even really got down to zero. You know, that was the first game it ever was implemented and it never really got that exciting because guys just pitched and that was all that they did was pitch. They didn't let it dwindle all the way down. And by the fifth game you went to that season, nobody even really cared about the pitch timer or even noticed that it was happening still. And so I wonder like how strictly this would be enforced if it's kind of like a football delay of game where 
sometimes the clock's at zero, but magically they don't call a delay of game. Like, will there be moments where the pitch clock's at zero and they just don't call anything? I just wonder uh, what the pitch timer will look like in real time. Do some umps give more leeway than others in terms of when it hits zero and when you've started your motion or when they believe you've started your motion? Uh, and then the, the the shifts. I think that the shifts could literally save baseball. Like Because baseball, even for someone who is as a diehard of a fan as we are to do podcasts about this sport daily and to really embrace watching the Royals, who are a terrible team. And the Padres, of course, are very, very, very fun. You know, But to embrace the grind of a baseball season, it still gets stale and boring whenever it's literally home run or bust. That's just not entertaining for anyone involved. So I, I hope that the shift just allows more variety of plays to happen. Yeah, and I think that, it's funny because I think that the problem is, is is home runs do rule in a lot of ways. I mean, it's probably the singular most iconic play that can be done in any sport. Everybody knows what it is. It's used in regular vernacular to mean all sorts of things outside of baseball. But I, I do think that it, it's interesting because what you mentioned about how, you know, everybody is just strike out or home run or, or walk, right? Like the three, three true outcome baseball, um, you know, it's that, baseball has become really homogenized where it's just the same type of team. Right. And, 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 you know, Derek Thompson, actually the Atlantic wrote about this and it's not necessarily news to someone like you or me, but just the idea that it's like, the funny thing is like the home run happy ball, like it worked like fantastically teams score more. Right. And all these things, but the overall pace of play and everything that you just outlined is what became a problem. And when you look at basketball, different types of teams, you feel like it's, there was a scare where everybody was wondering, oh, my God, is it just 80 million three-pointers now? It's like, no, there's actually some some cool different type of ways to play. You can have your Giannis and you can have your Curry, and then you can even have your CJ McCollums or your Zions or your Embiid's, right? Like there's different sort of styles of play. While baseball, we keep seeing like it seems like everybody's just like, all right, you got to yeet that ball into into Saturn in order to kind of keep up with the times and whatnot. And I'm with you. I hope that it changes the kind of um, play and it makes the game a little bit more exciting where you're like, Hey, maybe there's different types of players we could have. We could have more uh, blinking on his name, Orlando RC. I forgot his name uh, from Minnesota who like led the league in batting average, who is still a productive player. And it's, it's fun to see guys like that. You know, your Tim Anderson's or this guy from Minnesota, your Jeff McNeil's right. Like a little bit more like that. And have less strikeouts of these guys who are just trying to pull the ball to the short porch and Yankee Stadium and whatnot. So I think really exciting and I'm looking forward to it. And I think that the pitch clock, I like not wait to see what, um, like who is the, the buffoon that comes out. Um, I'm personally, I think I checked the other day on Bet Online that it's minus 20,000 for Madison Bumgarner to complain about it. Um, next year so we'll see if you guys want to go for that uh, you should definitely check that out but yeah I can't wait to see everybody complaining but like what happens when the challenge was instituted baseball fans predictably complained yelled screamed as they always do because god forbid we change the sport that has been the same way for 300,000 years then people stop talking about it right like no one has conversations about the challenge anymore they have conversations about specific challenges and whether or not they got it right. But I bet you, I bet you on everything that two months, no one's going to talk about this. 
Yeah, this I I wonder how long it lasts as a topic of conversation, and I do want to know how many pitchers like you're like you're saying, how many pitchers are actually going to blame the pitch clock their first couple of rough starts uh, to start this season, even though it will likely have nothing to do with how they played. But what does have everything to do with how you play is by going to BetOnline.net, your number one source for your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Go check it out today. With the latest odds, trends, prop bets, this show is brought to you by Bet Online. You can go there and bet on sports that are happening right now: football, basketball, pro and college, the World Cup, golf, MMA, boxing. You can also bet though still on baseball. If baseball is the only sport that you follow, that's perfectly fine because you can bet on who you think Aaron Judge will sign with, if not the Yankees. So if he does not sign with the Yankees, the favorite is the uh, Giants at plus two hundred. The second favorite is the Dodgers at plus 300 and the Mets at plus 600. You can also bet on who you think Carlos Correa will go to. His favorite, if not the Twins, will be the Cubs at plus 250. And then Jacob DeGrom, if not the Mets, his favorite is the Braves at plus 150. And the Rangers are close behind them at plus 350. So you can bet on stuff like that over there. Also, got the World Baseball Classic in 100 days. They'll have World Baseball Classic uh, odds whenever the time comes. You can also bet on who you think will win the 2023 World Series for the Dodgers as the huge favorite. The Dodgers are a favorite by plus 575. So go check it out today at Bet Online. Javi, any of those bets stand out to you? Um, I recommend not doing the Dodgers if you like fun. Uh, and also because I don't want you to lose money because the Dodgers don't win the World Series aside from truncated season so don't do that um i don't know maybe, maybe put a little middle cleveland bet you know what i mean cleveland not too bad unfortunately they don't spend any money which we're going to get into in a little bit but i don't know i don't know i don't have a, a, a vibe just yet i do have some vibe for some free agents who are going to be good but nothing on uh the bet online odds just yet i would say just don't bet on the dodgers if you respect yourself there it is go to bet online right now bet online where the game starts so there it is <laughs> from the man himself. Uh. We're back on the lockdown Royals Padres crossover talking about everything under the sun. But now let's talk about quite frankly, the different polar ends of the spectrum that we find ourselves on. So Javi, my question for you, what's it like? rooting for a team who is fun, who is spending money, who is spending their assets, who is just in win now mode, mode for winning at all costs, trading for Juan Soto, Josh Bell. What is that like watching them? And what's that like in the sense of, as a fan, mixing the excitement with the pressure of, okay, I have, I have vaunted over AJ Preller on my podcast for 15 straight episodes and now it's time to actually win the thing what if they don't what if they do and that, that pressure of okay now's the time to actually cash in you know it's funny because i love complaining about a bunch of teams that are consistently solid um, i think they're well-run organizations from a scouting standpoint a improving their players standpoint you know you're basically your cleveland guardians and your milwaukee brewers right got so much respect for the people that work for those teams they do not have respect for 
is is probably the ones on top making the decisions that it is how I describe it as just kicking the can down the road, right? The Milwaukee Brewers did that this year. They were literally in first place and gave up their number one asset um, for, I think, Estrella Ruiz and some of the guys they gave up could be good, but it's a lot of could be, right? Instead of doing what most of the time ends up resulting in a championship, right? With the exception of your team, the Royals, right? Most of the time, you got to spend, right? Almost every time, those are the teams that are consistently up there. It's not impossible to win without spending money, but it's just that's kind of what you continue to see. So there's always among baseball fans, and, you know, I'm not going to call out any specific, you know, media members and whatnot for sure, but it's just lots of praise, for all these teams that make these smart, like little moves to help improve their team. Yet some of those teams have not been anywhere that matters, tangibly matters in a long time, right? We got a lot of Kyrie Irving's going here, right? Where yes, they're talented and yes, they've got potential and they do cool stuff every now and then. Eh, I'm going to take back the cool stuff part. You get my point though at basketball, right? And for baseball, the Cleveland guardians, they, they, they make this nice run, but then what happens? They lose to the Yankees, and you would think, oh, well, they, they just started. Let's go. Let's make the big move. No. Instead, the, the Cleveland Guardians, the fact that they are more likely to trade away their Major League talent than add Major League talent is exactly what's wrong with baseball. And I am so happy that the Padres are not one of those teams. I know they haven't won the World Series, but there are plenty of these other teams like the Brewers, like the Guardians, like the A's, like the... I don't know. I, I can't come up with an example right now, but these teams that get praised because they're consistent. And my thing is I would rather go for it and stink in this sport that is long as heck versus just sitting there and being prospect hugging and keeping this, this promise telling your fans about the next great one. Right. And when that next great one comes around, Oh, uh Oh, Jose Ramirez is 32 now. And he's declining. We got to trade him and we got to start this whole thing all over again. It's kind of like the, the, you know, in Mario 64, when the, you run up the staircase, but if you don't have enough stars, it just keeps repeating over and over. That's kind of where a lot of major league baseball teams are. Ladies and gentlemen, that is my take of the day. <laughs> all right, that, that, there you go. How do you like that analogy, Ryan? Uh, but yeah, I think that it's, it's super fun and it's great for the sport. And the key lesson here is I feel like the Padres have really shown that this whole big market thing is, is, is a little bit of a farce. I know that they don't have necessarily the same competition, right? As other places, the Chargers are no longer there. They basically just have like the Aztecs for college basketball, right? But even still, the Padres are the antithesis of a team that has been blockbuster. We're trading for Soto. We're, hey, uh, we'll even bring in this this Hosmer guy. I heard he won a World Series. Whatever, screw it, we'll bring him in. The fact that we live in a time where the New York Yankees have been needing a third baseman basically ever since A-Rod left, and they're getting outbid by the Padres for Manny Machado, like that is so, so exciting, albeit even if it does reflect um, a lot of the problems with Major League Baseball as a whole. Um, I am enjoying it because it also means that content is really fun. And it means that I'm always, any day, some news that can happen. Because A.J. Preller, I've been begging him for years to kill me. And he has done everything but. So hopefully this, soon he'll finally end me. But uh, it's it's a blast, Rylan. Long story short, it is super fun 
to be in a position where you can make trades and you can sign guys and you feel like the team really does care about fans and going and winning this thing. It is a blast. It is a blast from the outside looking in for sure. Would you say it's World Series or bust this year? It's it's hard for me to say that, right? I don't think so because there are still so many questions. They're not the favorite to win it all by, by a long shot, I think. Um, and there's still so many other talented teams. The fact that they are, in a way, just kind of in an arm bar by the Dodgers because you know you're you're not going to beat that team in the regular season or at least it's increasingly becomes less likely especially with the fact that there's all these great players available and there's only three teams that want them apparently so it wouldn't surprise me if the Dodgers come in and are like oh nobody wants Carlos Rodon for some reason cool we'll just take him right they keep doing that every year and I don't begrudge the Dodgers that hate the Dodgers but I'm not going to blame them for looking around the league and being like, wait, nobody wants Freddie Freeman. Cool. We'll just take them then. Wait, the Boston Red Sox famously very poor. All of a sudden can't afford bookie bets. Cool. We'll take them. Great. Take this prospect. That isn't any good. Who shares a name with the, the guy who was across town, not cross town, but a rival of your team for years. And he's not any good. Shout out Jeter downs. Hope he improves. But I think that's kind of my perspective, right? Where it's just sort of, yeah, I would love to win the World Series. Obviously, that's the goal. But just it has to be taken into account just how this is so much not the Padres. And that alone really makes all of this so much fun. And even if they don't win at all, the fact that you're at least trying to make it last year. If a couple other things go their way, they're in the World Series right now. And who knows after that, right? So for me, it's I don't like World Series or bust. I think there are other teams that it's World Series or bust. I don't think the Padres are quite at that point because I think they're really establishing a culture that is here for the long run. And it's not just a, you know, Oh, one diamond backs or something like that, right. Where they go all in one year. And then that's kind of it for a while. And I think that that is the, the big thing for the Padres is you're hoping that this, you know, this core of Soto and bell and everyone else on the team can, eventually win one but mm-hmm. this is kind of who you're putting your you know, staking your claims to and then for the royals perspective like they're not making these win now moves they're they're not going to go out and sign free just they never have they, they can't really afford to go trade for a Juan soto because the only way a small market team can win is by having their own homegrown talent who you can control for six years but the difficulty in that is the royals built a historic farm system. They built a farm system that was widely regarded as the best in baseball and the best of all time um, in the early 2010s, you know, 20, you know, 2000s, 2010s. And all that they got for it, for you know, Hosmer and Moustakis and all these guys, Will Myers, of course, who you're very familiar with, all that they got for that whole combination of a farm system was two playoff appearances. Now, both playoff appearances ended in a World Series run, but they only went to the playoffs twice. And they built a historic farm system. That's the pressure that small market teams face of Aaron Judge will never sign with you. Like You're never going to get Aaron Judge. You're never going to get huge free agents or anything like that. And even whenever you draft well, they're only going to be there for six years. So by the time you get to the major league struggle, by the time that they get ready to, to actually win, now you're down to like two years where you can make the playoffs. Of course, now it's different because of the playoff expansion, which wasn't there um, at the time. But 
the Royals have pressure in the sense of trying to draft better and get more young talent. The Padres have pressure in the sense of them trying to, you know, cash in on these big moves that they're making. Javi, when we come back, we're going to have a three-round MLB plays draft on the other side. (laughs) We're back on the Lockdown Royals-Padres crossover. Javi, here's how it's going to work. You're going to tell me right now, heads or tails, this will decide who gets the first overall pick. Yeah. I'm going to go with heads. It is heads. You have one. Would you like the first or second pick? I would like the second pick. Okay. Just to throw you off a little bit. Okay. You know what I mean, I'm playing the mind games right here. Let's see. Let's do it, man. So we're just drafting individual plays that can happen in the sport of baseball. Yes. Phenomenal stuff. It's almost like we had to come up with a third segment at the last second. <laughs> we can either do three rounds, five rounds, or ten rounds. What do you want to do? I think we do like uh, I don't. Let's just, let's just go with it. And then if we get to three, we still got time that we, we can do five. First pick one one. I'm selecting. A beautiful, and I mean beautiful, 12-6 curveball. Ooh. You can't beat Ooh. that. Oh. <laughs> like a masterful 12-6 curveball. Okay. I'm I'm honestly surprised by this. There's a lot of uh, like high-level things on the board here. Um, and I imagine that we're also not drafting. You, you can't say a playoff thing. It's got to just be in general in a vacuum, right? Um, right. Um, so I, I will have to ask about my pick of whether or not this is eligible, but I mean, Hey, uh, that's, it's a sneaky pick. I'm just surprised you took it one, one. That's my thing. You know, so it's the best thing I've ever seen. It's the, I mean, it is, it is pretty great. It is pretty great. Okay. Masterful 12, six curveball is the best thing I've ever seen on a baseball field. With my first pick. Don't mind. Now I ask if this is allowed to be drafted, put the walk off home run. Is that eligible for this draft? Yeah. Yep. Then that's what I'm taking. I can't believe it's on the board, folks. I mean, this is what you see in the video game trailers. This is what all you kids saw growing up. You're you're running around playing your T-ball. You're pointing to the sky. You know, maybe doing your Babe Ruth impression. And then you pretend you walk it off. And then you get to home plate. It's the walk-off home run because of the stakes. Because of the... A sport, a sport that notoriously, that notoriously refuses to allow personality, you have all you these have people, all these people gather, around gather around the home plate for some reason to just like attack each other and whatnot. And I think it's a blast and it's what everybody kind of wants to see. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's been more exciting, you know, massive moments in baseball that have had crazier reactions. What comes to mind for me is the, the Tampa Bay Rays Tampa Bay World Rays Series World against the Red Dodgers, Dodgers a couple years ago when, when, you know, there was you know, the misplay in the outfield, and then, what's his face? Um, uh, Brett Phillips. Uh, yeah, Brett yeah, Phillips. Uh, he's the uh, one who got the hit. And then what's his, uh, a Rosarena. He gets caught, right, in between third and home plate, and then he goes back, and the ball gets away. The great call from from Joe Buck. That stuff is great, too, but for me, it's it's the walk-off home run. Who doesn't like a dinger to end it all? So you get back-to-back picks in the sneak draft. So you're pick two. Oh, really? Oh, <laughs> oh I get the back-to-back. Look at that, folks. 
look at me. I'm schooling this fool. With the next pick, I'm now going to take one that is in honor of my mother, to be honest with you, because it is her favorite play in baseball. And that is, it doesn't even have to be the best one in the world. It doesn't even have to be a diving stop. But the throw from third base to first base. Chris, the camera tracks it well. Obviously, if you have a great third baseman, it makes it even better. It doesn't even have to be a big grab, but just the the smoothness. You know, I'm privy to this, obviously. I, I've been watching Manny Machado for years. So maybe there is some some bias here that if you don't have a third baseman, it's you're, you're, you're scared all the time. But for me, it's just the clean. They do this, and then they whip it back to first, and it just looks so easy. And it's even better in person, uh, in my experience. I am one of those people who loves watching just like, say you're you're a big NBA guy. I just love watching these guys casually make shots, right? Like I, I like for them if there's no one guarding them, that's not like the hard part. The hard part is how do you get yourself open for the shot and whatnot, right? And I, I love seeing that. For me, baseball it's just the casual nature in which these guys will throw a ball like, you know, like uh, what like thirty feet or whatever it is, and that's just like the normalcy of it. And for me, third base that throw, especially on TV, and even better in person, obviously. Uh, that is my one of my favorites. Well, for my second pick, now listen. <laughs> here, we go, here we go. Here we go. Let's see, folks. He's got to make a comeback here. I'm going to go with bottom of the ninth. Mm. Up by one run. Mm. Okay. Runners on first and second. Mm. One out. Mm. Only up by one. Ground ball in the hole. Diving backhand by the shortstop. Flings it to second. Second baseman grabs it. You've got a me- you've got a medium speedster. He's not Billy Butler, but he's also not Billy Hamilton. So now you've he's he's kind of in between. So the throw to first, very close. In fact, you can't tell in real time if you made it or not. But it's a double play, ball game over. The defense wins it for the for the for the boys. And, and you get to celebrate the game ending double play a, on the road. Whenever the home team is at bat, trying to rally the crowds, putting on their hats backwards or whatever the hell the shoe thing was in Seattle. Like, <laughs> and then you just end it with a double play. That is ruthless. That is fun. Mm-hmm. That is mm-hmm. perfect. I I actually think that it's, it's sometimes underrated, right? There's mm-hmm. something about the, the one, and two, you know what I mean? Like, there's something about it that's a little bit more, like you said, it, it packs an oomph. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that pick. I'm with you on that pick. It's a good one. It's a good one. Might have been, might have been what I took next, honestly. But it wasn't, of course, because my strategy's flawless. So for my third pick, I'm gonna go with. And again, we admitted our biases. My bias could be from watching Alex Horton his entire career. I'm gonna go with. The now here's my question for you. You you had a technicality. I gotta have one too. Can I go wall climb plus in the stands catch, or do I need to pick one or the other? Basically, just a a ball that would be independent of everything would be out of play, making that right. Catch. And I, ex- I think that that's incredible. I'll effort. allow it. I'll allow it. Yes. Okay. So it's like Alex Gordon climbing the wall, and then Alex Gordon diving into the stands in Chicago, like mm-hmm. that that play that type of play you it's just it's 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 incredible 
Mm -hmm. It's a real make you jump out of your seat moment. Because usually when you're watching your team and you're watching the defense, that's not when you're standing up going like this, unless it's a playoff game. That's not when you're going like this. You're standing up getting all crazy when it's the offense up because you're ready to jump up after a home run. But the catch, man, I swear, the amount of times I've just been going like this, watching a baseball game, just kind of like wasting away, and I see someone leap into the air and Alex Gordon or – you know, I, I wasn't watching at the time, but the famous Jeter play going diving into the stands. Some fun stuff, man. Some fun stuff. Well, what's your third pick, Javi? All right. All right. There we go. Third pick. I think I've got to go, I've got to go with rarity now. You know, you got to go with the thing that you just don't see much of. And then you get the Bleacher Report notifications. And you say, oh, my God, and you can't help watching it. It's a thing of beauty. It's a little bit of that double play that you mentioned. It does. It rarely happens to end a game. I think it's only happened like once, and it was the Yankees a couple years ago, actually, against like the Twins? Question mark. I don't remember. For me, third pick, you got to go with the triple play. It's so rare and so satisfying when it does happen. You only get them like a couple times a year, but it is awesome. The only critique, and the reason I, I hesitated on taking this earlier was just because it's almost too rare. So it's almost hard for people to be like, oh, yeah, I know that, right? Like, it's just, it can never be expected and it, there's a good chance you will live your entire life without watching your actual favorite team turn a triple play. Like, that's how rare it is, right? Like, so that's the only reason it wasn't um, higher for me. But the triple play, man, I, I imagine you don't have too much beef with that. So my draft is 12-6 curveball. The wall catch. Turning it over played in the game. Mm-hmm. In the hole to second base, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Your draft is? Walk off home run, the throw. It doesn't even have to be a great diving catch, but the throw from the third baseman all the way to the first baseman, and then the triple play. I respect it, Javi. We're going to have everyone vote who had the better draft. Mm-hmm. I think we both have good cases. I think that we both maybe made a flub pick or two, but <laughs> nonetheless, it was a lot of fun. Avi, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles and, of course, the Lockdown Royals podcast. Javi, what about you? At Javipeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. Of course, the best username on the Lockdown MLB network, I will say. It's okay. Leave your applause. You don't have to do it now. Wait a little bit when you get out of your car or whatever. Then you can do your applause for me. Um, and then at LO underscore Padres, Lockdown Padres on YouTube. You know, if you want exclusively Padres stuff, at LO underscore Padres on Twitter. Um, And then if you want... (laughs) What the heck? If you want, you could, uh, you know, follow me on Twitter and see what kind of nonsense I'm tweeting about. Uh, Because it is the offseason, and I'm not all in on baseball stuff at the moment. But even still, let me tell you, folks. It's going to heat up. I really do feel like we're heading for at least a couple more moves. We had the Jose Abreu uh, news. You know, you've got all these rumors about some stars from overseas and whatnot. I don't know, Ryan. I think it's a, I think it's a sneaky good off season. I really do. I think it's going to be a sneaky fun off season. Well, there it is, and here we are. Until next time, be good and be good to one another. <laughs>